Welcome to Organisational Communication Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about effective communication strategies. Guests explore tactics targeted to specific stakeholders and consider their impact on the brand and reputation of the organisations they lead. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jagenba, Na Gayabu, Yarrawa peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode has a fine art degree in printmaking, but somehow ended up as one of Queensland's top creative directors, creating award-winning work for brands like Queensland Transport, Suncorp Bank and Tourism Queensland to name a few. Nick Dean has owned three of his own agencies starting with Dakota 15 years ago. With a talented team of 28 passionate staff, he created the full-service agency which he named Nick Did This. Recently, though, Nick has transformed his agency and renamed it Wonder Karma. It's a new name from the same founder with the same team. So what's changed? Nick Dean, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Back. Yes, back again, Nick. Please tell us what's happened in the interim. Last time I spoke to you, you were embarking on some changes, some major changes to Nick Did This, and now it's Wonder Karma, but you've got the same team, right? So what's the difference? So same team. Um, I think I mentioned to you last time that Nick Did This as a brand name was fantastic, but just didn't really align with what the business was all about. So um, actually went back to my original business plan written on a napkin and, uh, and remembered what was really important to me and what I wanted to achieve. And so came up with Wonder Karma and have rolled into the new brand with the same team, with the same clients, but um, luckily have attracted a whole lot of new ones as well at the same time. And how do you think that's happened, attracting those new clients? Uh, how, is it a process of communication that, hey, we've changed our name, this is what we're about now, and then that attracts people? Or I actually think it comes down to the team really um, felt that the new name rightfully represented what we're all about. And it really did change the way in which we um, worked with each other, the way that we just got our stuff together. And as soon as we did that, it just all seemed to flow. So I think we're just a lot more confident and a lot more driven, which I think just people pick up on. And what we find in our industry is clients these days don't want to just go with the latest and greatest. Clients don't want to go with the biggest and shiniest. Um, Clients want to partner with people who know their stuff, but more importantly, know what they're capable of and uh, just... Um, willing to come to the table with an open heart and open mind and do the best thing possible. Now, is it silly of me to suggest that this change to your business sounds like a makeover? It sounds like going out, getting some new clothes and saying, well, okay, I feel a bit different now. I'm presenting myself in a different way. And then that helps me realign what I'm out to do today. Like going for a job interview. The most interesting thing was the amount of existing clients who, when they saw a very quiet renamed piece of communication that went out, 
felt motivated to call or to email and say how proud they were because this name and the way we were representing ourselves felt the most us than it had ever, no matter what brand they had been a part of that I've, I've created in the past. And a few said, it's just so you. Finally, it's just so you. So rather than a, a change of clothes, I really believe that this was um, more of a, a revelation for us to be more us and to know that we didn't actually have to do anything differently. We just had to make the rapper represent in a more authentic and genuine way what this agency is all about. So let's talk about how you came to that. It sounds like it had to, a lot to do with the team. It did. It actually had to, <laughs> funnily enough, it was a very cathartic Christmas 12 months ago where I did have to do a lot of thinking about what type of business that I really wanted to run and what type of opportunity I wanted to create for the people that I curate around me, but also for the clients that we partner with. And it was a, it seems so simple, uh, but it was actually what we, what did would we cut off rather than trying to reinvent something new. So we went through a process where I looked at, um, I had to make the hard decision about the way the business was structured from a a staff perspective, what people really brought to the table. I had to make some decisions about where we were physically located. Uh, I had to make some decisions on um, investing back into the business on certain aspects to make sure that we were always able to deliver the best practice with the best tools. And I had to say goodbye to a few clients as well that were allowing us to be comfortably uncomfortable and becoming just the same as everybody else, doing work that we didn't really enjoy. We didn't felt, feel there was any purpose to it. But, you know, it's an age-old issue of building a machine and feeding the machine, so then having to build the machine to feed the machine. And, again, when I went through that, a bit of a tough time where you have to say goodbye to some really talented people, it all just fell into place. And we realised that we don't, need to be a big agency to be big thinkers. Um, we don't need to be obsessed with awards to be um, award worthy. And yeah, it just all, you know, felt was this beautiful evolution. It was very quick, but it was a very calm evolution because I feel that it was, we'd been frenetic for so long. COVID obviously just stuffed everyone's world up massively. Um, but I kind of feel that one of the benefits of COVID was really pushing ourselves to the very edge to realise what we were capable of, who we wanted in our camp. That's from an employee plus from a client perspective. And then just give it a crack. Like, you know, take the risk and see how see see what it would be like. And it was just the response from the staff here, the people that we get to work with every day, our suppliers and our clients. And the way that the word's out there now. And so there's a lot of intrigue. It's given, it's opened a lot of doors for us. I want to talk today about communications in business. And we've mentioned some key stakeholders here. We've talked, we've spoken about employees. So everyone who works with you, and you've spoken about suppliers and clients. Big changes are happening here. Um, you've gone from Nick did this to Wonder Karma. And with that change, how did you go about communication? with all those different parties? 
Um, I'm really lucky that we all have known each other for a very long time. So we're able to have just very frank conversations. And I've always tried to get everyone involved early on rather than blindsiding people with any, you know, with any, any changes. So having a talk to um, the team here was actually quite easy. Um, we had just come through a bit of a um, a bit of a rocky time through COVID, and so everyone was was really hungry for information. Everyone really wanted to know that there was a level of stability. So we just sat down and had a yarn, and that's it. Just had a chat about it. I involved the guys um, in quite a lot of the decision making. Though one thing that I was taught quite recently was. To be a good leader, you still have to lead, whether it's from the front or the back. So I actually wrote a business plan and presented that to, that to my guys. First business plan ever documented. <laughs> um, it was very short, but it was really important for everyone to know that I was invested and I had a plan. So I presented a three-year a three year business strategy. Again, gave them options to have their say and to be involved in that on different levels. But Wonder Karma is only as good as the way that we work with each other. And uh, I think it was a great, um, a great symbol to show them that I had a direction, but then they were still on the bus. You know, they had a choice to get off if they wanted to with no hard feelings, but everyone stayed on. And it's just been um, clear sailing from them. And it's really set a new way in which we communicate. Um, we have a meeting, a, a non-movable meeting every Monday morning from 9 till 10 that is sacred and it's where we chat talk about what we learned what mistakes we made last week we get together trying to work out how we can make sure that all of us have learned from that mistake even if we weren't directly involved share stories you know it seems a bit a bit loose but it's it's really about keeping everybody engaged and everybody included along the way dealing letting clients and um suppliers know now and the industry now that was a little bit a bit of a, of a tricky one because in this industry, if you change your name, everyone's going to think that you're doing really poorly and you need to reinvent yourself. Everyone's going to think that there's a change of ownership or everyone's going to think that you've actually been consumed by a big multinational. And that's what, especially in Brisbane, that's what happens. So that everyone always looks for the negative. So everyone sat down and went, well, let's look at all of the negatives. Let's, let's role play. What BS can we come up with that's going to <laughs> be thrown at us? And we actually created a, we used our strengths. We're amazing storytellers. You know, we're great at creating content. So we created a very short video piece, which was all about the name change, was about we haven't been bought out, we haven't sold out. Um, we explained same team, same leader, same focus, um, same processes, but delivered in a different way. Um, we then explained why the name Wonder Karma was very important to the business. And again, the response that we got from that, um, the positive response was fantastic and not one negative piece of press and no rumours and no questions. So again, it was about just really backing ourselves and telling the truth. You know, it was time to change. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, 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 a very, some would say a risky strategy to go out and be so bold, but it worked in our favour. And, again, um, the, the feedback, especially on social channels and LinkedIn, was that it get reminded everybody that we're proudly a no-pitch agency, you know, that we're proudly a small team and we don't want to get any bigger. 
um, it allowed us to explain that we've got two offices. So again, we could dispel myths and fallacies while building or refreshing an understanding of who we are, what we do, where we are, and what we set out to achieve. And was the brainstorming session with you and your staff where you tried to figure out what negative comments could come your way, was that key to making sure that the take-up of the communication by externals, by clients, to make sure that they understood it completely and didn't have really any questions or any gaps in their own story about what you were? Exactly. So in 60 seconds, we answered every single potential question that we knew was possible. And then we made sure that we followed up with some short form social assets just to reinforce. Um, And it's a language that we all use now. So when we are um, meeting a new client or reacquainting um, ourselves with an existing client, we talk about it and we just roll it into the conversation. You know, we, um, I think we are the only no pitch agency in town. People always are intrigued by that and they want to know why, you know, so we just always just weave it into the conversation. Do you think that communication and communication plans and strategic communication have an impact on your planning for your business or decision-making operational activities for your business? Um, they do to some extent, but you've got to learn to spin on a dime and wing it because you just, you're not in control of the conversations that exist around you. We've just gone through um, award season um, in Brisbane and we proudly do not enter any awards. <laughs> we just don't. We just think it's, you know, it's just not for us. Good on you if you do, if you seek value in that. Um, so we make sure that um, we are part of the conversation but we release statements such as um, Queensland's um, least awarded, most recommended agency, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. So we kind of have a bit of fun with it, but we just don't shy away from the conversation. Um, so you do actually have to, from a planning perspective, yes, you have to look at, one, what is our communication strategy for 12 months? Where are those moments in time where it's relevant for us to, for us to be part of the conversation? But again, it's still the, you know, things happen, people leave. How do you actually authentically and genuinely honour whatever happens in the right tone of voice? Not put a spin on it, you know, because that's what everyone else does. And, uh, and make sure that you're continually just being present in the conversation. With it. So living, we call it living it, not laminating it. That's really interesting, that idea of being present, because what you said earlier about the award season, you didn't just not enter the award season, but you communicated about the fact that you weren't a part of that. And so you didn't leave what we call a gap in the story. So when you don't enter the award season, everybody else says, oh, Nick didn't enter the award season this year. What's going on there? Then they formulate their own story as humans do. You're telling everybody all the time. So it's a sort of constant communication in your tone of voice. How do you come across your tone of voice? Does all communication run through you? Do you have to tick it off? So we're only a small team now. So two officers and 12 full-time employees and about six um, full-time freelance consultants of different skill sets. So being smaller, I'm able to be across most things. And also I'm really trying to step up and be more aware of all the moving parts of the business. Most statements will always come from me, but 
you know, our brands are about storytelling. So if we all talk about it um, as part of the way we communicate with each other internally, that's giving all of the guys here the language so that then if they're in a unfiltered situation at, at a bar on a Friday night and someone asks about it, they know. So again, we make sure that there's no marketing spin it's just through conversations about why we do it why does everybody sign up to be part of wonder karma aligning not of those values but of kind of the the rituals and the and the, the behaviors that we all try and, and bring to life every single day so the more that we talk about it the more that it becomes part of our conversation in a real way which means everyone has got an opinion that's all aligned and again too if they didn't if they, if they didn't sit well with them well then we talk about it and you know that might lead down a different path I don't know but you know I'm really lucky that um, the team here are very singular totally wacky crazy different personality types but very singular in the wonder color belief does that then have an impact on the way you lead so if you have a communication strategy is that something that comes fairly high on the agenda in those team meetings every Monday? It does. It, it means too that one thing that we remind ourselves is the world changes every single second of every single day. So no matter how well you plan, you can't rely on a plan to get you out of trouble or to make the most of an opportunity. So as a leader, you have to embrace fluidity and flexibility and you have to put your ego aside and remember that you are you, just because you lead, you, you're the designated leader, you are not the, um, the right person, you know, the best person in the room ever. And so I think by building a culture of um, everyone has a voice, everyone can host a meeting, any, like there's guidelines here, but the beauty of it is that there's real flexibility in the framework. So people... You know, we share, we talk every day about different things and being open plan too, it means that we are almost through osmosis, picking up other conversations that you might not actually be a part of as well. And to be a good leader, you've got to, you know, you've got to relax and just let it happen. There's times you have to stand up and there's times that you actually have to take a back seat. How do you decide when you have to take a back seat and when you have to lead? You, you said before that you have some rules in the organization so you know on certain meeting days you say look this is the monday meeting so i lead that you know are there processes in place for when you have to sit back and listen parts of the meeting scheduled or different meetings scheduled how, how do you decide that as a leader you have to be a great listener and we're we are so grateful at the moment that we're doing quite a lot of work with australia's first nations peoples um, from both Torres Strait Islander um, and Aboriginal um, communities. And one thing that I've learned from a lot of the traditional owners is the power in the pause and really listening and not feeling that you have to have the last word um, and to give people space. And that's what I'm really trying to um, live these days is if someone wants to say something, even if I don't agree with it, to let them have have that that space and not feel that I always have to be the person with the last 
thing to say, which is what I used to be. First one to say it is I used to hate pregnant pauses. So I used to literally fill everything. But the more you speak and your monkey brain starts to go crazy, the less sense you're making and the more confusion you actually actually bring to the table. And so where my guys know that they are allowed to have a voice whenever they feel is most relevant or if it's something important to them or they want to call something out and it's some bad behaviour out, I just sit back and let it happen. Now, you know, you still need, we still have agendas, we, as in written agendas, we still have frameworks for meetings and frameworks for the way that we work, but it is actually looking to celebrate the freedom that can exist within that as well. It's interesting what you're talking about, letting pauses happen, waiting for other people to speak. It reminds me a lot of Gulliver's Travels, uh, the novel by Jonathan Swift, where, where at the end of the book, where he ends up on the last island in his journey of what he's learnt in the story, he ends up on the last island where the um, people are sort of um, like cavemen on this island and, and the horses are the noble creatures and he spends time with the horses, but they had a sort of rule where you, you couldn't talk as soon as you met each other. You had to walk with a horse for, you know, some, some minutes before you said anything. Really allowing not the monkey brain, but um, something of substance to come through, hopefully. Mm. And we're just, we're such big, we're all big personalities here. And it's interesting, in the old world, when I had Dakota, and even Nick did this to an extent, people used to speak big and be big because it was almost as if people were competing for airtime or competing for voice. And now we're all kind of really happy and relaxed. It is the quietest little conversations that are the most powerful. And I feel that now when you build a culture where everyone knows that it's not just HR saying, you know, you have to act in a certain way, or it's not this saccharine culture of yoga mats, mindfulness activities, you know, all of this stuff that gets laminated on the outside of how to build really fertile and effective, you know, um, ideation environments. I think we're just also comfortable with it. So, you know, people just are probably thinking, I can't speak for everybody, but I think everyone's actually thinking about what they say now too, because it's almost like, wow, I've got a voice. I say something and action happens or it creates a catalyst for change to happen here. Wow, I've got more visibility with the client. So they know that some, some, sometimes great ideas, where exactly they're coming from, not the tap dancer at the front, but everyone I feel is truly part of something and knows it, isn't just told it. It's not spin. They're actually enjoying what they do and the change that they're able to make in a little bit, in a little way, and also you know, monumentally for some of our clients as well. We've talked a lot about how communication's gone really well for you in Wonder Karma, but I wonder if you could reflect with some uh, dramatic stories for us about how communication and your experience has not gone so well in previous businesses or even when you've worked for other agencies. Okay. The biggest issue that um, if we talk about my previous businesses first is I always empowered others to speak louder than me. So I put people in roles with responsibilities to lead, I would let them bring their own agenda to the table. And it means that there was a loud, very firm voice within our internal internal world that was very dictatorial. 
And I knew that it wasn't right and I knew that it didn't feel right. But rather than working with those leaders and, and saying, let's, we need to align ourselves because you're running your own race, what I would do is I'd let them have these top-level conversations that were very visible and very dictatorial, but then I'd feel so guilty. I'd go and have 100 behind-the-scenes conversations with everyone trying to explain, oh, no, that's not what's really happening. Or did it. And so <laughs> inadvertently I thought I was doing the right thing by empowering people and going, here you go, I trust you, go and lead. But because there was a real lack of misalignment, oh, lack of alignment, sorry, I then would go covert and try and fix it (laughs) (laughs) undercover. And you just, you confuse people, you know, you really confuse people. You know, again, we were doing so much work with a lot of our clients on critical conversations, how to lead with success. You know, we do a lot of work in that field and yet we weren't actually living it ourselves. And so again, when your staff see you preaching one thing and practicing something totally different, you know, that's where trouble starts. You know, that's where people become um, disenfranchised. That's where people just don't trust you. And again, it was, it has been said by myself um, that I literally self-sabotaged my business so badly through bad communication and just not holding people accountable, you know, to live what the brand was meant to be delivering. Um you kind of needed that moment, that cataclysmic moment to basically go, enough's enough. Let's go back to the basics. You know, we're never going to be the most sophisticated. <laughs> we're never going to be the shiniest. But I can guarantee you that we are, I feel, the most real workplace in our industry that we know of at the moment. You've managed certainly to be passionate and committed uh, about your work uh, that you do at Wonder Karma and seemingly I think to communicate that really well on your website and as you've been discussing here today and I think that's probably one of the most important things because we all make mistakes but you're you're sort of acknowledging that the key part here is that everybody's on board so when you do make a mistake you say hey I made a mistake but I still really want to do this right there's no there's no hiding there knowing that a solution can come from anywhere and that's why we actually openly talk about what we've stuffed up last week and then everyone help, everyone just organically chips in and goes well have you thought about this or and then it's almost like they're learning to avoid potential issues themselves in the future by looking at these examples but there's a real sense of camaraderie where one they lean in to try and be part of a part of a solution because that's where the magic happens rather than kind of just fostering the blame game or using someone else's mistake to take to, to a personal gain like none of that happens now because we're all responsible for helping make sure that things don't go wrong and i'll tell you what things go wrong every day you know but it is still i feel like in the end of the day we we live our lives at work you know that's what we do and we all are in such and especially in this industry it's so competitive And if I can still continue to create this moment in time in people's lives where they do not feel that competitive pressure, where they can come to work every day and feel that they've done something, done something big, done something small, done something for the business, done something for themselves, done something for a client, community, cause, then I've succeeded. That's that's my legacy. 
It sounds like the perfect marriage or, or even the perfect family dynamic that <laughs> that you can be open and and you can you know you, my, my kid calls me out sometimes I don't know about that daddy and he's five so you know it, it feels like that to me I think you have to we're not we don't try and Pollyanna everything you know like there's still tension tensions that happen but what we're setting ourselves out to achieve is don't let the tension fester and become something it's not call it out it's um it is only to the benefit of everybody into a, a better work environment if everybody leads that and doesn't wait for a leader to do that you know it's everyone's responsibility to lead best practice to acknowledge when things aren't going um, the way they should be to hold everybody accountable so if we say we're going to do something now everyone has permission to keep you on track as well but I feel because we're all on the, in the same place at the same time it might sting when someone calls you out for a microsecond because that's human nature but then you, re- you remember and you realize that it's it's a good thing you know it's not it's only coming from a place of how can we make sure that this well-oiled machine continually looks at reinventing itself keeping itself fine-tuned so that then we can do what we do when we when we reminded ourselves on we went on work conference a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about our mission and our vision and when we talk about that we truly want to create positive change in everyone's world on a, in every way and that we continually um, believe truly in the name of the business we believe that we have this amazing opportunity to create wonder through surprise and delight and that good things happen to to good people and we should you know to set a real behavioral expectation here um, that we'll always go above and beyond because that's who we are and we choose to work with people who are doing some good in the world as well. So it's like the name of the business is the daily reminder um, of what we do and why we do it every single day. And I think that's that means a lot to us. And I feel that's what really resonated with our clients. And that's the, you know, that's the story that potential clients want to get in on, you know, because it's a big promise that we're putting out there, you know, just as soon as you hand a business card over when someone says, but what does it mean? And you get to, and you get to tell the story. And that's why you had to change the name. You couldn't just decide to realign your mission statement and still call it Nick Did This. No, uh, and I, I mentioned in um, one of our other catch-ups is Nick Did This was an accident. In reality, yes, it was catchy. Yes, it was, um, everyone thought it was quite um, clever, but the shadow side, it did not honour all of the people who were part of my team. It sounded egotistical, which is nothing, it's not part of any part of the DNA in this business, in our business. And it just was so, so much hard work to keep on explaining again and again. And we tried every tactic under the sun over seven years. We produced beautiful um, coffee table book which heroed every single every single teammate and spoke about how what the nickisms were how how they embodied it we tried to make nick a way of working not me but you know it just got too hard and that's why we decided to put a pin in it and um and celebrate going backwards to celebrate going forwards <laughs> in a way 
And the hilarious thing was everyone knows, everyone who's been to any of my offices since the beginning of Dakota, um, anyone who's been to my house knows that I've been obsessed with 16th century wonderkamas or wunderkamas, which, is, which, which translates to cabinet of curiosity or room of wonder. And so everyone thinks it's quite hilarious that we've finally caught up to something that we were actually building, you know, for nearly 20 years now. So when I say we've gone backwards, it's like, oh, actually, you're right. It was right in front of us the whole time. This is what you've been trying to get at for yeah. most of your career. That's it. And, it, it, you know, it's just it's a wonderful moment to be able to feel that um, everyone can now concentrate on what we're here to do rather than trying to define ourselves or rather than trying to reimagine ourselves all of the time. We can just be ourselves and, you know, I might be the boss, but everyone's a leader. Everyone understands the equal responsibility, the equal opportunities that the business gives them personally, professionally, and for the worlds of our clients. That this is a moment in time to grab onto and make of it what you will. Nick, this has been an amazing and an authentic discussion as always. Do you have one piece of small advice that you can give to our students on communication, on strategic communication that they can take away to any of the businesses which they might end up leading in? It's a tricky one. Um, And they sound so simple. Um, Don't be a wanker. Um, Like be yourself, like stay true to yourself, find your own way of leading. Then at the end of the day, when when you are in a situation where you have others who rely on you or who look for your support. It's an old-fashioned one, but remember to speak and treat others as you would like to be treated yourself. And it is um, at a great sense check at every time before you do something or you say something, take a moment and pause and really think about, is that how would I feel if that was said to me or if the roles were swapped? How would I feel? Because you might be a leader of a team, a department, a business, but you're, you're, you do not rule anyone. You know, your job as a leader is to constantly look for ways to help others be better. Nick Dean of Wonder Karma, it's been a pleasure. As always. Thanks so much, mate. Thank you again for your time. And, and really, it's amazing to hear what's happened with Wonder Karma and um, the journey you've been on there. It sounds really great. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast.